0: Lyft has priced its IPO at $72 per share, according to a... ...Pinterest,
1: Zoom coming to market, uh, both stocks pop. Uber's
0: IPO will be five times the size of Pinterest's and Zoom's IPOs combined.
1: I'm Damian Bulwa, today on Fifth in Mission, taxing tech in San Francisco. Amid a wave of IPOs, including Uber, a San Francisco supervisor wants to raise taxes on stock-based compensation, and the issue may land on the November ballot. Reporter Trisha Thadani joins us. And we're going to ask whether big tech is paying its fair share in a city that's becoming more and more unaffordable. We'll have all that right after this. Trisha Thadani is a Metro reporter. She covers City Hall for us. She's been with the newspaper for two and a half years. Also covered business, technology, and immigration in the past. Trisha, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So it seems like we are always talking in City Hall about one big subject, and that is the soul of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And we are back talking about that today. That is because of your story about a proposal to tax, uh, specifically tech companies that are approaching IPOs. Mm -hmm. What is the proposal and who's making it?
0: Yeah. So on Wednesday, Supervisor uh, Gordon Marr, um, he proposed um, a stock-based compensation tax, which basically means in simple terms, that he wants the city to tax companies that have ipo would So that's Uber, that's Lyft, that's Pinterest, you know, companies that you and I probably use. And his reason behind this was he was like, well, there's going to be this huge injection of wealth when these employees cash out on their stock-based or on their stock compensation. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wants the city to get its fair share back.
1: Okay. And what, what specifically is the proposal and who has to approve it?
0: Mm-hmm. So it is a 1.12% payroll tax on okay. stock-based compensation. So it's a it's a mouthful. So basically it would replenish this 1.5% payroll tax that the city did have until San Francisco voters decided to get rid of it in 2011. So this would basically just be putting it back in, on the city. And so in order for this to happen, um, first, Gordon Mar has to officially propose it to his colleagues on the Board of Supervisors. Six of them need to vote yes on it, and then it'll get placed on the November ballot. And then San Francisco voters need to pass it by a two-thirds vote. So there's a long road ahead of it. Um, and today was the first step of the actual proposal.
1: Got it. And, and as people know, Pinterest and Lyft have already made their public offerings, mm-hmm. right? And Uber is coming up um how would the, how would it tax them i mean would it be retroactive
0: mm-hmm. so it would be retroactive to the day of introduction which is going to be sometime in may mar just announced that it is going to happen and then he's going to officially propose it sometime in may um so as soon as it's proposed that would be the date that um from then on companies who go public da- public after that would then get taxed so that includes Airbnb said they're likely going to go public. And then there's Slack, Cloudflare. Like there's a bunch of companies called an IPO palooza is what it's being (laughs) called in the city. But yes, they they would all be impacted by that. And then there was some technicality where Mar said uh, Lyft and Pinterest could also be impacted by it because the tax would happen when employees cash out on their stock options.
1: Sure. Okay. I want to ask you about the election, and I want to ask you about the soul of San Francisco, mm, the soul. and the and the merits. And how it's
0: being sucked away. <laughs>
1: exactly. And the merits, of course, of of this uh, proposal. But first, can you kind of take us back to to mm-hmm. where this all begins? I mean, this is a big change from uh, years ago when we were coming out of the the recession in San Francisco.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huge uh, change in the city. So in 2011, when SF was just crawling out of the Great Recession, um, we were – and it's hard to imagine that just eight years ago, our unemployment rate was near double digits. It was something like 9 percent in Was there even
1: avocado toast back then?
0: <laughs> I wasn't here, so I, I can, cannot confirm <laughs> okay. or deny. So unemployment rate was really high, unconfirmed if there was avocado toast or not. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. Um And then the city was also just went through the most devastating budget cuts that it had to. It had to decide between cutting, um, you know, homeless services versus, uh, you know, police and fire services. It was Mm -hmm. just this city was just in a completely different mind space than it was now. And then uh, everyone, I'm sure everyone has heard of the uh, Twitter tax break. Um, So that was first brought up in 2011 when Twitter had threatened to leave the city for Brisbane. Um, And one of the reasons it wanted to leave or was threatening to leave was because the city had this really, really unpopular um, payroll tax um, where basically it taxed employee salaries. And so then when Twitter threatened to leave, then the city jumped and was like, don't leave. Like, we'll give you a, <laughs> we'll give you a tax break if you move to mid-market. And then so they did that. And then another tax uh, break came where the city had proposed um, giving another break on stock options mm-hmm. so that more companies could benefit from this. And then they went to the ballot to just get rid of the payroll tax altogether which also include the stock options tax so that more companies would stay in the city. The irony is that now the Twitter tax break, the one that kind of started all this, is now sunsetting at the end of the month. So it's the timing is is really really interesting here and just really shows how much the city, you know, how much the economy has boomed and how frustrated now some of the legislators are with all of the problems that they blame the tech industry for bringing to the city.
1: Yeah. So San Francisco wanted one of the jobs that did not want the the tech industry to be sucked into other parts of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. They saw the benefit. They felt like they really needed it. But since then, tech and all that it's brought and the huge, you know, the sprouting of skyscrapers and the, the concentration of jobs and particularly mm-hmm. south of the market have really dominated the political conversation, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And now we have a um, the most progressive board that we've had in years,
1: as opposed to when the Twitter tax was yeah, was it was passed. more
0: it was more moderate. I mean that vote to pass the Twitter tax break was eight to three, and it is so hard to imagine something like that getting passed on um, through the current board right now. A, a good way to kind of show how progressive this board is um, and where their their head is at is that they actually this year had a chance to renew that Twitter tax break, and in order to do that, one supervisor would have to proposed legislation. And when I went around to every single (laughs) supervisor Mm -hmm. and asked, everyone likes Blanche and was like, no way are we going to try and save that thing. Um, you know, with this big IPO, this wave of IPOs that's going to hit the city, you see the city instead of, you know, doing anything that they can to keep all of these companies in a city that's already incredibly uh, incredibly expensive now, they say, well, you, you know, they're blaming it for a lot of the woes of San Francisco and say that now, you know, we want our fair share back. You need to contribute back.
1: And like the housing crisis.
0: Right, like the housing crisis, the homelessness crisis, the affordability crisis, like you just go, the the trash, the feces of it, everything seems to get pointed back at the tech industry now.
1: All right. So as we see all these uh, IPOs that are, that are coming and are coming soon, how much study has there been done on how much that might, might affect the housing market? Because obviously we've seen the headlines where mm-hmm. people are Saying we'll be awash in millionaires, and that that people are even hanging on to their homes in order to wait for the rush of mm-hmm. of potential home buyers.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hyperbole. There's a lot of anecdotes on what's going to happen. I mean, the widely read New York Times piece by uh, Nellie Bowles, which was saying, like you said, we'll be drowning in millionaires. People are buying are going to buy boats. There's <sighs> you know, people are buying ice sculptures. There are all these parties and everything. And yes, I mean, that's anecdotally. I've heard the same thing. Um, But for the first time, we've actually seen numbers come out of the city um, that we reported on today. So our chief economist, Ted Egan, um, he estimated that just a Lyft and Pinterest and upcoming Uber IPO alone – could lead to a 0.5% to one9 increase in the city's already sky-high housing prices. So the way that that breaks down is that the current median monthly rent of um, 4400 which is wild, which I had no idea. I knew it was high. N- I didn't know it was that, that yeah. high. But he said that median monthly rent could increase by a range of $24 to eighty one dollars and then the medium, median home price, which is $1.3 million, which is also wild, um, might increase by between $7,000 and uh,
1: $25,000
0: just from these three IPOs. And then that doesn't include the other ones. Yeah, in some ways it hit. seems
1: almost modest, but mm-hmm. you, again, you're just talking about mostly the Uber IPO there.
0: Right, right. And you're also... Um, Just talking about housing prices, I mean, it's hard to estimate, Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly, but, you know, the more wealth that comes in the city, the more people who are, um, you know, eating at our restaurants and shopping at our shops, like that also increases prices as well in many different aspects of the economy.
1: So how is a proposal like this being uh, looked at by the tech industry? Mm -hmm. Are they making arguments arguments that they probably made back in 2011 as well about the attractiveness of San Francisco as Mm -hmm. a destination?
0: Yeah, so after after Mar announced that he was going to do this tax, so I called uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and they hadn't taken an official position on it yet because they hadn't seen any tax, but they said, similar to what we heard in... um, in November, last November, with Proposition C, which was a tax, as you remember, as a tax to um, on big businesses to raise money for homelessness services, um, they were also worried about how another tax like this could push companies out of the city. The Bay Area Council, which also represents a bunch of companies, had similar fears. So, I mean, expect to hear that even more from the tech industry. They, uh, San Francisco, already does have a very high tax burden, and this would just be another one on companies and jurisdictions around us. Don't have nearly as high as, um, as taxes. So you could you could see the argument being made: well, they can just move out of the city.
1: Mm. Now you spend a lot of time at City Hall, obviously, you know, visiting the, the supervisors, walking the halls. Mm-hmm. What is City Hall's general relationship right now with this industry that dominates the city?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would assume this isn't really going to help their relationship. Um, I can't speak for the individual supervisors, but um, right after it was proposed, um, a few supervisors that I caught in the hall, um, so Raphael Mandelman said he was completely open to the idea of a tax. Um, he stopped short of saying if he would support this particular tax because he hadn't seen the text yet, but he agreed with the idea of taxing these companies to add money back into the city's coffers. Supervisor Catherine Stephanie, who um, she's generally more moderate compared to the rest of her progressive colleagues, um, she she had said it would be quote-unquote arrogant to think that these companies wouldn't leave the city if we tax them, and then you hear Gordon Marr, who proposed it, he when I asked him, you know what about concerns about the tech industry leaving? He was like, that's already uh, tech is so ingrained in San Francisco I can't okay. see them leaving at this point so
1: let's talk about the election for a second. Uh, Mayor Breed is, is on the ballot, and uh, some other races, including the, the district attorney, but this this really adds uh, something that people can really. Uh, sink their teeth into, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if this plays out anything similar to how Proposition C was last year. I mean, that also brought a lot of people to the ballot. Um, and yeah, I could see this bringing a lot of people, even in my age group, <laughs> to the ballot.
1: But two-thirds is a big uh, is a big hurdle to, to pass for any, any measure, any tax measure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I would anticipate just with the rhetoric that you're already hearing coming out of the Chamber of Commerce and the Bay Area Council, um, that they would wage a pretty big campaign against this tax.
1: Sure. I want to ask you one more thing. I mean, when you walk around the city, you live in Hayes Valley, which is, you know, obviously near City Hall. Yes. Very
0: convenient walk to City Hall.
1: Sort of uh, been gentrified uh, in a big way over the last decade. A lot of uh, tech workers in the boutiques Mm -hmm. and in the, the condos. Do you hear people talk about the, the IPO Palooza? Do you hear them uh, talk about tech's relationship to City Hall?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you constantly hear people... Talking about the tech industry. I mean, just walking the other day when I was walking to work, I caught a snippet of a conversation um, between a man and a woman who were like eating lunch and and they were like, um, oh, that company really sounds like it'll just disrupt the whole industry. (laughs) And you hear this stuff all the time. And like, I'm the only one of my friends who isn't in the tech industry. And yeah, I mean, you, you that New York Times piece um, that came out really, really um, added this into everyday conversation of the impact that it's going to have on the city.
1: Yeah, whether this this it's become sort of a national story, right? Mm-hmm. The the IPOs and their impact. Yeah, it it does feel like though that every time anything happens in San Francisco, it's sort of like. And there's a bit of an end of the world mm-hmm. mentality, and then we do it all again next year.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like those are those are the worries um, that are coming up again. Because in 2011, when that when that first conversation came of Twitter saying that they're going to leave, and then the city had given them a tax break, you know, you're you're hearing sort of similar rhetoric of you know what kind of city does San Francisco want to be now? Are we going to be one that will just let all these companies generate? All this wealth without making them give back to the city? Or are we going to be one that pushes for the, our fair share and for more equality in the city?
1: Of course, this conversation is coming at the same time as a debate over a navigation center mm-hmm. along the Embarcadero for a homeless people. It comes at a time when there's genuine questions about whether San Francisco is a livable city for the working class. Is this a tipping point for this debate, mm-hmm. or are we just going to keep having the same conversation over and over and not resolve it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of the conversation that you hear in City Hall, like you had said, is really about who who is San Francisco for? Is it for everyone or is it just a playground for the wealthy? And that's a lot of the conversation that you also see looming over this IPO tax already of, you know, these companies are going to come here and they're going to generate a lot of wealth, but what exactly is their responsibility back to the city that they live in? And I don't know the answer yet, but
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll
0: see it play out in the next couple of months.
1: I guess we'll find out. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tricia. Uh, great work. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll be watching your work as you follow this issue through. Thank you. Thank you to staff writer Tricia Thadani for joining us today, to Libby Coleman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.
0: Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network.
1: If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing.
1: You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.